0: Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode three hundred and ninety-nine of the Severe MMA podcast. Uh my name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Phil Bab of Irish MMA Media, Graham MacDonald, as we talk about a mad night last night in the world of mixed martial arts. A good week for Irish MMA as well, in the world of uh mixed martial arts. Uh so we'll talk about uh we'll talk about all of that and it's uh it's do you know what? We're, we're getting back into the swing of things again in MMA, there was, you know, eye last night and people giving out a little bit about judging, not too bad, not too bad, but big fights and all, so we're, we're kind of back into it 22 days into the uh, into the new year, and uh, do you know what, before we get into all of that and we talk about all of that, we have some breaking news because Manscaped now sells beard products, that's right. They're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped's product to make your drips match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the Pro Severe and May for 20% off and free Shipping, I'm actually, mine's in the post, Graham, I think, I think Manscaped are, are, are hooking us up, so I'm looking forward to getting it, I absolutely can't wait, and it's time for me and you and everyone to tame your mane, no one likes uh, being a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's pro-beard kit it all starts with the beard hedger this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces first off this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lints all with one guard oh that's great because i love that so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right face grooming doesn't need to be hard to get 20 different beard lints and just one guard the one i have at the moment graham the old one it's like i think it's eight Lint, and it's no good. I always either have it too short or too long, so I badly need this. It's waterproof. Uh, as well the new manscaped shaver um so you can shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink the titanium coated t-blade is tough on here but smooth on your face leading to a single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time the ProKid doesn't end there though they have created four uh, dermatologist tested formulations for your post trim care Ooh, nailed it uh, it it's weird because I was thinking dermal, dermatological, but it says dermatologist oh dermatologist. What the fuck did I say? Dermatologist. I don't know what I said. There, it wasn't correct. I don't know what you said, but it was wrong. Uh, first, there's a beard shampoo and conditioner. Uh, you need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to manage than hair on your head. That's why the gate has made shampoo and conditioner especially designed to moisturize. Uh, Reduce ingrown hairs Replace natural oils And promote beard health That's actually great I never even I always just throw a bit of shampoo in mine So that's brilliant Uh, Next the kit has Manscaped's beard oil And it's Oh An essential piece for your Main facial accessory no one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil uh, relieves dryness, but on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap off the beard kit with the Beard Bam, uh, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or deems. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SevereMM That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code severe mmm Manscaped's beard hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 links. That, that read was the toughest I've done in a while. Because, like, usually the Manscaped reads are basically, you know, a promise package for it. But this is all brand new. I'm like, well, what's going on here? What's going on? What, they give me new words to read here. I've been reading basically the same words for the last... I don't know, sixteen months or something like that. Now I've all new words. I'm not I'm not able for it, Graham. It's too early in the morning.
1: Yeah, you can't do it on autopilot anymore. <laughs> can't do it
0: now. can't do it on autopilot anymore. Let's get into uh, UFC two A three. Overall, Graham. Overall, what was your uh, what was your thoughts on, on UFC two A three as a whole? Did you enjoy it? Was it a the schlag? I know did you sit up all night or know you were up some of the night to watch it? What, what way did you uh, consume uh, the, the card?
1: I watched uh, up to Gilbert Burns and Neil Magny and then managed to fall asleep <laughs> after, after that, I'd wake up in the morning and watch, watch the rest. But uh, I wasn't spoiled or anything, though, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I couldn't make it. I couldn't last. I was
0: almost in the same boat because I decided not to have my... Um energy drink last night I'm not going do you know what no free sponsorship. here dude. come on and sponsor us if you wanted a shout out here I managed not to drink my drink, which I usually do and i like, my
1: undisclosed uh, <laughs> perhaps, und-
0: undisclosed monstrous energy Red-
1: redacted <laughs> redacted,
0: uh. redacted energy beep <laughs> but uh, yeah I didn't have it I didn't have it and I was I-, I was like five minutes before Moreno and Figueiredo so a little bit after you and I was like oh bollocks because I was thinking like I'll go to bed and I watched the top two fights in bed, but I was like, if I do that, I'm definitely going to fall asleep. So I was like, I don't want to get up earlier tomorrow because I knew we had the time sorted and stuff for the podcast. So I'm like, do you know what? I'll just fucking stay up. But the, like almost about five minutes after the the main event was over, I was inside bed and I was sound to the world. So that was, uh, that was a great way of doing it. But yeah, I like, I think, um, I think as well it's, I didn't stay up for the one last week. I kind of got up for the... I, I woke up and I was like... I looked at my phone and there were the call comment of interest. And so I was like, ah, well, do you know what? I'll watch the comment of it and the comment of it. And then went back to sleep. So I didn't, like, have the whole staying up thing. And I think, like, the fact that it's been, like, six weeks or seven weeks now, <laughs> it feels like the old, the old MMA cardio... The MMA watching cardio is a little bit gone. I don't have it anymore. So I'm going to probably have to get that Uh, get that back. But, like, it was a, it was a pretty... Look, it was a good card on top. I just think the 15 fights was was so much. I was mad up for this card when it started. And even the first few fights, I was like, oh, sweet. You know, this is, we're back to, to top class MMA. This is good. And then it was like, oh, God, is this card still on? And it's on and it's on and it's on. And, and then we got to the fucking next prelims. And then we got to the main card. And, oh, it definitely dragged. But it was, uh, I'm not complaining about it too much. It was a, it was a pretty good card and, and a pretty uh, enjoyable one uh, overall. Uh, let's talk about the top fights, so, and get straight into them, Um, let's talk about Jamal Hill against, against Glover Teixeira, it was, do you know what, it was one of those fights where I think it was really the expectation that we might have for both of them really happened, so like, the expectation probably here was Jamal Hill will be better than he ever was before. He's only 12 fights into his career, very, very young in his career. Still, he can only get better. There's probably parts of his game that we um, have never seen before that we will see here that will be improved, or parts that we've seen before that will be better than they once were. And for Glover Teixeira, it's like he's, what, 43 years of age? He's going to be a little bit older, he's going to maybe be a little bit slower, he's taken this re- on relatively short notice after having prepared for a fight just before Christmas, and I just think that's kind of the way it worked out. From the very start, Jamal was faster than Glover, he was stronger than him, he was able to land uh, kind of at will, and then he was smart as well, and I think the improvements he showed were very, very, like... Um, small is not the word but there there weren't massive improvements that he showed but very important ones like his ability he showed in the last fight in the details he'd improved
1: in the small details I think
0: think he did like his ability to switch stances was there in the last fight and it's kind of always been there but the way he did it like as a tactic more than or, or as like um. I suppose, as a game plan more than a tactic, if you want to put it that way, was, was really, really good. And his jab was really, really good as well. Uh, his head kick as well. If you watched the previous show, I mentioned it on that. It didn't look great in the last fight. And it looked a damn sight better this fight. And he landed it over and over and over. And I think, like, Glover just so struggled to deal with that jab in the first couple of rounds. He really struggled with the fact that he couldn't take Jamal Hill down. And also the fact that he... Although he did land a couple of shots, especially especially early Now, the fight did change a little bit uh, after that, but the fact that he couldn't really land on Jamal and Jamal's shots were having a big effect was a big, big problem for Glover when you know that you need either A, land those shots to make him feel something to stop everything he's doing or B, get that takedown to change the fight. And he, when he couldn't do that for long periods it was a real tough start for Glover. What was your initial reaction, Graham? To, I suppose we, we all know what they're like coming in. What's your initial reaction to this start and how it started over maybe the first seven to eight minutes?
1: Yeah, well, I thought, I was thinking that Jamal looked comfortable. You know, obviously it's a big spot. There was questions, but going into the fight about, you know, is this too early for him? Has he really proven himself against the top guys? And, he hadn't really proven himself against the top guys, but he looked really good in, you know, the people he had beaten. And it, it, was, it was, like, you know, obvious to, uh, to a lot of people, including you for a, a long time, one of the first people to kind of see the the championship potential of, of Hill. So, um, yeah, it, there was definitely questions to be asked if he was ready. But I think early on you could see that he was ready. Uh, well, I thought that as well. And, you know, I picked Hill to win the fight and I was pretty comfortable with my pick uh, from, from the... You know the early moments or an early minutes of the
0: fight. Yeah, i I think I, I think I was too to be uh uh to to be honest. I think there was a lot of orthodox fighting for Hill, which is interesting because um you see, and I can carry kind of explained it well how his left hand is such a weapon for him. And when you fight out of orthodox, you know your left hand is the jab, and in the jab was landing so was so uh, well over and over and over. And as you said, they're like. Any questions that were maybe over him in terms of maybe not having enough experience or anything kind of quickly went out the window with the first maybe two takedowns stopped and his ability to control the fight so well. Like he's kicks to the legs, kicks to the body. Having
1: having said that, though, like there was a couple of moments, I think maybe in the second round where he did look to be getting tired and you think, oh, maybe maybe this could get nasty. But he managed to recover really well in the the, the single minutes in between rounds. And I think there was another point later on where he looked, maybe in the fourth round after he'd gone for the finish, uh, kind of methodically, but hadn't got it. Uh, where he looked like a little tired as well but he kept getting a you know another wind and kept going so that was another question asked about can he you know keep going can he keep up this insane volume like he threw a ridiculous volume of of punches you know a lot of fighters would be wary of of outputting that much in, uh in a fight with such a tough guy uh you know when they haven't been five rounds with, with such a tough guy before so yeah credit to you know to hill uh, for that like and he answered i thought he answered loads of questions and you know definitely there's definitely room for improvement and you know he's definitely still you know early in his career to be at a championship level and to be the to be the champion so he definitely has has room to improve uh and will improve But the looks at things he seems to me to be improving fight to fight pretty pretty noticeably
0: 100 percent. that takedown was in the second round as well and i think it was it was looked like it was going to be a big turn on mind for Teixeira, but it actually kind of turned the other way. Like, I even tweeted, this has turned into a bit of a war of attrition now, and it's an advantage for Glover. But what was brilliant about this was Hill got up, and then he got straight back to what he was doing. Like, the fight last week between Strickland and Imavov, it was exactly what happened here, but in the opposite direction. Like, Imavov did well at the start. Uh, Strickland took about two or three minutes to turn it around and then the Mavov never was able to get the initiative back whereas Hill here lost that initiative that he had for the first eight minutes maybe-ish lost it for maybe two minutes you know Glover got the takedown he got on top he was landing a few shots but he, he immediately got it back in the, at the end of the second round. And in the, the third round was a 10-8, basically, because he landed so many head kicks. He had him badly, badly, badly in trouble uh, a few times. It was even worse in the in the um, uh, end of fourth. He, uh, he almost finished him. I was sure Mark Goddard was going to step in at uh, one stage. You know, Goddard is, is a guy who's very good at noticing the, or not noticing, but calling the standing stoppages. That's, I think he's the best in the world at that and uh, he didn't call this one and look you know uh, uh, Glover came out and he, he fought well in the fifth round it was probably the the, the closest round of, of every round if, if we're being honest uh, still lost it I think but um, he he gave a good show of himself uh, I suppose in that last round but I I think there are so many things to look at Jamal here and see what a brilliant fighter he really is what a brilliant like he's still very much a prospect even because He has improved massively on his jabbing in the last few fights. He's improved massively on his tactics. And he's, obviously his technique has massively improved. He showed last night his heart, because as you said, Graham, a couple of times, he was here, and look, there was a big uh, mouse right underneath his eye, and there was a bit of blood, and Glover's blood was all over him, and Glover took him down, and the the Brazilian crowd, he got through all of that. To have not just the heart, but also the head to do that is a massive, massive, massive thing. And when you're constantly improving and massively improving the way he is, it's... it's it's frightening to think where he could go. Like, if you even go back, I because uh, I watched a couple of his fights this week, obviously preparing for it. And you watch a couple of those fights, even the Thiago Santos one, it's like night and day between him then and him now. He's just so much calmer, cooler, and better as a fighter. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, you mentioned there, like, I, I did champion him a couple of years ago, and I, uh, I think at the end of 2021, I, I put him in my. Uh, predictions for 2022 to be a champion and now I missed out by 21 days I was I was close I was close but I've, I was even saying it before that that I think this guy is is a real standout because he just sometimes you look at a guy and you look at the way they move and you look at the results they have but the um scope they have to improve as well getting those results like I, I said it after his last fight. I think Jamal Hill has the ability to be a champion right now, and I think there's about four years of improvement left in him. That is a mad, that is a mad, mad thought. Like the people saying last night, oh, I think I still think yeah, uh, uh, Yuri Prohachka might beat him right now, maybe. But what's Jamal Hill going to be like in a year? What's he going to be like in eighteen months? It's very, very exciting. Very exciting to see a guy with that potential already getting to where he is. Like, he, he, st- he won a title bit on potential nearly. <laughs> he really did. He's that good. He is, he is unbelievable, and it was a, a great performance here again. Did, what did you I – mean, I'm getting a little ahead of myself there, Graham. What did you think of in that kind of third round, the fourth round? Did you think it should have been stopped there? Was it getting a little bit too much? Were you happy with the way uh, Goddard handled it?
1: Um, in the third I said I think it was probably just just about okay in the fourth I thought it was going to be stopped and I think when uh, on the I didn't actually hear this when the commentary they were saying that one of his cornermen was asking can we stop this
0: I yeah think, John Hackleman yeah
1: yeah, I I didn't actually hear it myself but the commentary were saying that he had that he, that he had said that so yeah, you know if one of the the coaches is, is saying that and uh, you know the damage that he taken. Goddard did get really close to to the two fighters at on a couple of a few occasions. So he was definitely thinking about stopping it. And I'm surprised when maybe he didn't hear that. You know maybe Goddard didn't hear the the coach asking that. But yeah, I was a little surprised that it wasn't stopped at the end of the fourth or in between rounds in the fourth and the fifth. But maybe it was part that you know Glover had said it to his coaches and stuff, and maybe to everybody around that he was going to retire after this one. They kind of, you know, let me go out with my shield kind of thing. You know, these guys don't want like They don't want the tail the to be thrown in. They don't want to, to quit, especially somebody like, you know, Glover. He said himself afterwards, maybe it's time I, I retire because um, I'm too tough for my own good. And he's, he's probably right, you know, and maybe ideally for his future and for his brain, the fight would have been stopped. Or maybe, you know, for his... um for his state of mind and his happiness with his own career and his legacy maybe he's happier with with that than than the tail being thrown in
0: yeah and it's it's interesting as well that the fact that you know sometimes we we look at guys like John Hackleman and maybe even at this stage um, uh, Greg Jackson and them and we think ah maybe they're they're being bypassed a little bit but that knowledge I remember I talked to John Hackleman years ago like I don't know Jesus, maybe 10 years ago or something. And um, he always came across as, and I, you know, some people have their issues in himself. He always came across as a guy who really got the kind of, I suppose, the intricacies of cornering or the intricacies of the right thing to do in those situations. Because it's not always easy. It's very much... It's easy for us to sit in our fucking couch and, uh, you know, judge the fight or ref the fight or corner the fight. But when you're in that situation, it's a very, very tough thing to do. Um, And I think the fact that he... and I'm just saying this based on what it seemed last night what the commentary said, but he wasn't like the number one corner. I don't know if he works with Glover as extensively as he once used to. I don't think he's in the MMA game as extensively as he once used to be, obviously with Chuck Liddell. He was at one stage one of the top trainers in the world, one of the top fighters in the world. Um, So maybe if he was the number one guy in there at the time, like, and I think he was outside the cage uh, when he was calling for this, maybe it would have happened. Um, And... You know, i i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have questioned. It. I think after that fourth round, he was kind of in a bad way, and he was uh needing to something There's another fight later, which we'll talk about. Obviously, it was it was a similar sort of thing. Um, it's a little bit, you know, when it's an older fighter when they've taken so many licks already. It, it it just looks a little bit worse in terms of I like, I feel bad for him, but it sh- it shouldn't really because it's the same for everyone. You know, eventually those young fighters will become all fighters as well. and It doesn't matter when you take it; it's about taking it. So you know, you
1: know, I I don't think it's that bad because he still had a potential. You know, method to victory, which you know, if he, he did get on top in the fifth round. It wasn't as if you know he'd been he'd been beaten everywhere constantly, and there was no there was no hope whatsoever. You know, he'd. He'd shown in the past uh, that he can overcome these things, and maybe that was part of what was in their head. But it, yeah, it's not as clear cut as some some other ones. But I probably, you know, if it, as you said, if if it had been stopped between rounds, I don't think anybody would would have been complaining.
0: Yeah, and he did get the big takedown in the fifth as well. And like, oh, we we're thinking, oh shit, is this gonna is this gonna turn around? But again, Jamal Hill did very well. They were saying the commentary, oh, he strinted out of it there. I don't think he did. I think he spotted the fucking gap. Got out of there really, really well. And like I don't think they were giving him half enough credit. I think he's defensive work on the ground as well was absolutely fantastic was jamal Hill. I just i couldn't be imp- more impressed with him I think it was yeah I
1: think it was great I, it may, maybe part of that is how underrated Glover's wrestling and grappling 100%. always always is and you know yeah, we've see, i don't know why because you've seen him use it to great effect so many times but for some reason it just doesn't seem to have caught on in terms of uh you know the ability his ground game is that at. So i don't know why like i don't know
0: Yeah, if if
1: you ask hardcore fans, I think most of them would say that he's he's been brilliant, a wrestler, brilliant on the ground, underrated. But the commentators, I don't know, they they they, I don't know, they just have never seemed to give the the respect that he that he should earned i think uh for his grappling and wrestling i don't know it's i think it's strange
0: it's the same in a lot of sports though people don't see the reality of what's in front of him because they have this maybe if he was american
1: or russian they'd exactly. be talking it up much more like just because he's brazilian i don't know but brazilian jiu-jitsu I don't, I don't know it's really it's, it's a weird one
0: like it's because he he started off like when Glover go came into the ufc i suppose before that and everyone knew him as a really good striker but like We've talked about it for probably the last four or five years here about how much he's wrestling is underrated and how good it is and how often he uses it. And the fact that that's still a thing. And to be fair, they did mention it a few times last night, but previously, I think, um, and even like that subconscious thing when they get in that position, as you mentioned, it's it, it does seem to be underrated. I, like if he was an NCAA wrestler or if he was from Dagestan or something, Th- that would not be there, I don't think. It absolutely would not be there. But Glover De share is every bit as good as any one of them, as he showed in his fights over the last few years, and he deserves that credit for And Jamal Hill deserves the credit for being able to to deal with it as well. So, you know, it was it was a real turning of the tides here, I suppose. One guy reaching his potential and becoming a champion, uh, and one guy f- uh, finding the end, I suppose, of what was a, a very, very fun and good career, and a career that had... Um, I suppose, many highs. And, and like, usually in MMA, right, even if you get to the top or whatever, you have maybe one high or two highs. But the fact that Glover you know, got to the, the title fight against uh, against John Jones, then came back and won the title, lost it, and now came back again to fight for it. That's that's kind of mad, you know. <laughs> that, that That's a thing that doesn't happen as much, I suppose, uh, in, in MMA, uh, maybe maybe more recently, and especially with the guys that are big draws maybe. But for a guy who isn't like a big draw or, or, or whatever you might uh, want to say about him, it doesn't happen. So that's testament to him, and especially at, at this age as well. I know we were hashtag MMA Retirement Scram, and when Look of Artie's next one and all, but Glover's career has been a real fun one, and it's and it's one that like you know it's a storied one, I suppose, with the oh, like, he can't get into America. This this. You know, we we we, we used to hear about these people. This guy in the gym. If you ever saw him, he can't like he can't fight in America. He can't get a visa. This guy's knocking out Chuck Liddell in the gym, and he's better than Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell's number one guy in the world, and he's over, and he's fighting in Shooto, and he's winning. You know, like ten fights in a row or whatever, and he's beating Dean Dean Lister in grappling, and he's knocking lads out all over the place. And oh, we can't if we could just get him to America, he'd be the guy. And then he ends up coming over. Maybe doesn't go. Brilliantly at the very, very start. He do, does get to the title loses to John Jones and all of that. But he's everyone saying, Oh, he's just, you know, he's a bit old. He's a bit old. That was nine years ago, he was a bit old. <laughs> and now he's he's still doing it and he comes back. It's something I don't I don't know. Maybe we we still have a bit of it, because there's always some maybe lads in Bellator or lads over in one championship and stuff that don't manage to come, but this seemed a little bit different, Graved, and it? it seemed like this kind of, this wild, you know, a, a, a wild cat in the forest behind your house, yeah. just kind of... The, the,
1: the, the <laughs> unknown factor back then of yeah. not being able to, you know, get fight videos anywhere yes. of, of, like, obscure events in Brazil or wherever uh, these guys were fighting, and you know sometimes even guys who are about to fight in the ufc you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't know anything about them and it'd be kind of intriguing it's like that uh you know when they showed a monster in a, in a horror movie it kind of takes away from when they don't show him and he's just kind of creeping around it's it's more scary it's more um it's, uh, mythical so yeah i think that that played into it and when he came in maybe people thought all, all that hype was just a load of bullshit and oh, this guy you know missed it or maybe he missed the boat or it was too late or whatever but he stuck at it he you know, he kept improving at a, at a, at an older age when you know he'd been in the game a long time and managed to get his way to a title shot, win that, you know, and be competitive in in you know main events for for other titles after losing it and things like that. So he proved himself as kind of what, what people uh, hoped from him and what people what what people said back then and and people living up to the hype back then was was is a rare thing. And you know, we, we you you mentioned hashtag MMA retirements there i don't know why but i for some reason i, I believe this one i think maybe yeah. yeah you know we won't see him in any other con we won't see him boxing we won't see him bare knuckle i think you know he's got a kind of a fighter in, in alex bahia to work to work on he's got a kind of goal to work towards i don't think i hope anyway <laughs> i really hope that he uh doesn't come back and you know have it end like really badly uh, you know he obviously took a beating but he took a be like a brave beating and was was in the fight, you know. And even in the fifth round, he he had his best round, so he can go out with his with his head head held high, and you know, hopefully uh, can focus on being a coach and things like that. So uh, hopefully, um, maybe it's a hopeful thing, but I uh, I think we hopefully we have seen the last of Glover and. For some reason, I do believe this retirement.
0: I do as well. I think the fact that, like, yes, he's Jim and he's at Danbury, Connecticut. He seems like a real part of the community. He seems like he has settled in there and he has a happy life and a fulfilling life outside of MMA fighting anyway. Um, That'll help, you know, because that's one thing a lot of fighters, I suppose, don't have. And the fact that he's already transitioned over to become a coach will massively help as well. So, yeah, I I think... um, I don't think we'll see him back, and that's you know that's good. He's reached his time. I, I loved watching him fight down through the years. You know, I probably there hasn't been a bigger MMA podcast who given props to Glover to share as much as we have. So I'm uh, I'm proud of that too, and I, I'm uh, I'm um, you know I'm gl- looking forward to seeing him uh, coaching for Alex Pereira and maybe a few more over uh, over the years. But um, yeah, and Jamal Hilden, obviously congratulations to him and and myself.
1: Uh, Alex Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill right now. Who Ooh. wins?
0: Uh, Or Jamal Hill, I think, definitely.
1: Cookie. Alex Pereira could be a double champion, though it's possible if, yeah. if that was
0: to happen. <laughs> good, good. We'll, we'll see. But uh, imagine that—like seven fights in your career, <laughs> fucking double, double champion—that'd be that insane. But no, I think Jamal Hill is, is too well rounded. But I, I need more credit for me, there, Graham, for picking out Jamal Hill. Remember, yeah, the, I gave you credit
1: earlier. You didn't, did, you did. No, but no, that, that time no, don't we Don't be did milking it. it. Don't be milking <laughs> it. No, I have to
0: make it for a second. That time we did like the prediction show, and then he won a fight like six weeks later or something. And but when I did the prediction. I think a few people are like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about, Jamaliel? And then six weeks later, everyone's like, oh, this guy could be a future champion. It's amazing how quickly MMA actually turns where like a a prediction is really bold and then later on it's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course he is kind of job, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd have to go back and check it, but uh, I think I might have said... When you when you made the prediction that uh, that might be a bit too early, maybe yeah, you know.
0: and it was a bit too early, two, yeah. three weeks, yeah. three weeks. So, <laughs> so you can so give
1: me full credit for that one. Full credit, for that. partial partial credit can for this. Can, can I get, get another? Assist, point? You can get the assist points.
0: Can I get another point for um for getting it no. right? No, can I get another point? No, well, you didn't get it right okay. then. I, uh, <laughs> it was close. We were <laughs> very, very close. Remember the no fact. Cigar. Remember the fact. We took like six weeks. You lost, lost by a nose. We took off six weeks for the pandemic. Should we not backtrack six weeks? So this actually happened in December.
1: So yeah, that's not how uh, <laughs> uh, calendars. It,
0: <laughs> that's not how calendars work. I love it. All right. Let's uh let's talk about the the core main event, the the quadrology I suppose, and. um the Phantom Ipoke. <laughs> the Phantom Ipoke. This one didn't really live up to the hype, did it? It was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a weird fight, to be honest. It was, uh, it was close for the first two rounds. Even though Daniel Cormier didn't didn't think that, which was absolutely bizarre. Um, and and, and we we know the reason because Moreno got two takedowns in the first round, and he got one takedown. I think was it in the second round and it absolutely nothing when any of them hey, except... Get don't, them don't, be, don't, be
1: insulting, don't be insulting the king of snot rockets. Come on.
0: <laughs> I actually, like, I turned the TV down as much as I could last night, and I turned it up a little bit for the comment of it, and I've, immediately I was like, oh, no, what do you know? Anyway, I will stay off of him, but... Um, yeah, look, the fight started with a takedown from Moreno. I got caught in a guillotine of Figueiredo, but not a great guillotine. That was probably, you know, a, an even enough round at that stage. A takedown didn't score. The guillotine didn't really score. Um, I thought Figueiredo was landing a little bit more, you know, didn't Moreno got a, a late takedown the Leg lock, there was like an illegal kick on the ground that uh, was it Herb Dean didn't manage to see? But that was granny, anyway. a very even round. I gave it to Figueredo, I think most people gave it to uh, to Moreno. I think all three judges gave it to Moreno the second round. All three judges gave it to Figueredo, I gave it to Figueredo too. And it was like indignation then in after that from, from some people, like that. How oh, in God's name was Moreno not 2 0 up at that stage? But yeah, Figueredo got a take down early, nothing really came of that either. Moreno was like kind of winning on the but it was very very close I thought um, and then Figueiredo uh, Moreno got a late takedown and Figue- Figueiredo very much almost guillotine him there I thought that was very very close uh, and even if it wasn't I think uh, it, it,
1: it, yeah I don't know the angle of the elbow just looked a bit strange to me uh, yeah I don't know I was wondering like, is this actually while it was happening I was wondering is this actually close or is does the, is it just me or does the elbow look like it's like in a strange position and that he's actually okay here
0: I think the key to scoring this is how much Moreno had to defend And if you look at him at the start, he was like pushing one hand in to try to get the grip off, push the second hand in to have to get the grip off, and then had to pull the head really hard to pull it out to get out. That, that's, you have to defend, you force the guy to defend, that's effective grappling. And like people, people were saying after this as well, oh, I don't know, grappling doesn't score, does it? Because Moreno didn't get a takedown. Defective grappling was clearly Figueredo's here. He almost submitted him. So, yeah, well, maybe if he... Okay, you could fairly maybe say he didn't almost submit him, but he absolutely made him defend for his life for, like, 30 seconds. If he hadn't defended, would he have gotten submitted? I think he probably would have. So, I think that scores. I think Figueredo won the round because of that. And he did. All three judges gave to him. I think that's great judging. I think it's actually a very good round to go and watch. Now, look at the first round especially could have gone either way. I could see this 1-1. One, one. But uh, look, it didn't matter in the end anyway. Um, after that, figueredo just didn't really seem the same. And uh, came into the second round He got hit with that. Or the third round, sorry. he Got hit with the, uh, the thumb to the eye, if you want to put it that way. The side of the thumb. And I, the, the second it happened... I was like, oh shit, he's after getting badly injured here. It, uh, like, to me, I, I don't know, me and may, uh, it was just a pure call on my part. And I, luckily, I think I got it right. But I was like, this isn't a book. This is a broken orbital or something. This is a bad injury. Like, oh, this, because this, usually when it's a the book, they start to like poke at their air. They start to like clean it out or they call the referee. This one was like an immediate, oh fuck, you know, it's a pain more than anything else. And then he called the referee, absolutely. But it, I think from that point, Figueiredo knew what was going to happen, and I think in the corner, he kind of knew what was going to happen as well. Um, and like, credit to Moreno, uh, Figueiredo did try to say it was an IPO, kind of, and he did try to play it up as, as you would, I suppose. But yeah, I don't think there's too much controversy on this. The weird thing about this three is, right, it looked controversial because the crowd made it sound controversial, you know, the crowd just turned this into, like, Figueroa has been absolutely fucking robbed, can't believe what's happening here, Moreno clearly poked him, throwing fucking drinks and beers and sandwiches at Moreno as he walked out and all that, but, like, he hit him with a shot, he badly injured him, his eye closed up, that was that, really, <laughs> it wasn't, what, what, what was your take on it, Graham, have you any, any different take on him?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Obviously, the, the Brazilian crowd were hoping for their guy and, you know, reacted badly. And you can understand that, you know, in the moment, they're probably going to believe their guy who's who's kind of trying. He's obviously trying to buy time, I think, to, you know, to try and recuperate after he assessed the damage or, you know, try and just give himself a little break and. Yeah, I think I think it was the punch. I I think I, I, the thumb kind of brushed off the other side, and I think I think it was pretty obvious on the replays that that it was the punch that had done the damage, and the swelling afterwards. Then you know, pretty much confirmed that in my opinion. So I think it was you know a clean clean TKO, and I don't think there was like uh, egregious eye pokes or fouls or anything. If there was any egregious fouls, it was uh, Figueroa with that kick on the ground. That uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the referee just seemed to miss until Brandon Moreno had to be like, "Here, what the fuck." Uh, so uh, yeah, I think uh, Figueroa will probably Figueroa fans will probably have something to complain about, but I I think the from Moreno sort of things, or from you know a, f- a fairness standpoint, I don't think anything anything happened here.
0: Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree. I like it. It was a weird fight because even though I had Figure I had Figueroa two rounds up. I still think Moreno was probably gonna win it. You know, one judge gave him a ten eight in the third round as well for that shot, which I don't know, maybe question that a little bit, but it didn't matter in the end, but uh, and like the fact that judges as well to remind me the judges had the first round for Moreno as well. It it felt like Figueredo. I mean, we talked about this in the previous show as well. He needed to fight a more confident fight. Uh, than he had last time out even though he won the last time out because we knew that Moreno would up it and I think Moreno did up it maybe Figueroa was trying to maybe that was his um, uh, game plan but the fact that, that that early takedown okay it didn't do much in terms of scoring or anything but it, it's you know it's like trying to call a glass of water on someone's face or something it's like right we're in a fight here. here's your plan oh no wait that plan's gone Like, no one's planning to get taken down in the first fucking five seconds of the fight. That's a very intelligent thing, right? Even if it doesn't do anything necessarily in the fight itself, it's very hard for that fighter to, like, right, I'm set now, here goes the bell, let's start, to I'm set now, I'm taken down, fuck. I have to set again and go again. That's not a very easy thing for anyone, for even the most experienced people uh, in the world to do. So that's a that's a very interesting tactic. Like it's a very interesting, and I think that's a thing more people might actually look to do. But well, maybe it's not even a takedown. But maybe like you know, throwing that flying knee or or doing something mad immediately. McGregor saw was doing remember he did it, uh, in uh, in the Dublin fight. And people were giving out to him saying he didn't, um, you know, he didn't um, touch hands or whatever. Even though that was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't that. But he, remember he threw that wheel kick or the the spinning kick or whatever it was against Diego Brandão. We've seen it down through the years. You know, Masvidal obviously and Ben Askren was uh, with great effect, but. I think that's an interesting tactic, and, and credit to Moreno for doing that and for kind of maybe changing it, but Figueiredo, uh, even though he had good moments in the fight, he had, you know, he had a couple of submission attempts with the leg lock and with the guillotine, and he did land some good shots on the feet. It just felt like, like what makes Figueiredo special is like his devastating power, athleticism, finishing ability for a guy who's a little bit, you know, who's a smaller guy. Um, and to give away that to fight a tactical fight against someone who is very hard to outpoint, I suppose, and very hard to outlast, just seems a bit foolhardy. Like it worked once, was it going to work again? I, I just, I just don't know. Like, and it, it, I suppose it's, it's easy to say that, and I mean, maybe it's, it's not actually easy to say that. The fact that the, the fight finished, but I don't know. I just the game plan. uh, now maybe as I said maybe Reyna took away that game plan but I don't know the game plan was was the best what what did you think overall of of Figueredo's performance and and the
1: fight you know the fact that he looks so bad making the weight and kind (laughs) of retired from uh, put his gloves down for the the, the division after this one you know how much is that playing into his game plan and he has to adjust in order to you know get through the, the, the you know the weakening of his body that he has to do beforehand it's a it must be a big problem if immediately when he loses, he, you know, puts down his gloves and says he's retiring from the division and moving up. So maybe that's part of it. But I do think, you know, you're right. And Moreno coming out, you know, catching him unawares with a game plan or a, a tactic that he wasn't prepare, wasn't preparing for in the camp definitely would have thrown him off a little bit. And... um maybe we're not giving enough credit to Moreno as well. He's like, you know, developing at a, he's developed over the last few years at a ridiculous rate. And obviously uh, he, he's more confident than ever. He's, he's, uh, you know, at the top of the, at the top of the game when, you know, I don't think anybody, not many anyway, would have, would have predicted that a, a few years ago when he was first in the UFC. So, you know, credit to him. But yeah, I do think, you know, something is missing with Figueroa and, I suspect it might have something to do with the weight, and you know, not being able to work on game planning and improving as much when you're constantly worried during camp about getting your weight down, getting your weight down. All questions is like weeks out and thing are all about your weight. It's a, it's probably a big drain mentally and obviously on the body and the, on the time you have to improve and to work on game plans and things like that.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think the move up to 135 will be good for him, as you kind of alluded to there. Um. Now, look, he he won't have the size advantage up there, but hopefully he'll be able to, you know, trust his cardio a little bit more. I think that's a massive problem for him. He just he doesn't trust himself to be in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, f- sixth, fourth, and fifth rounds. Uh <laughs> where, where the sixth round, go from? Uh In these fights, like. Him in a three-round fight at one thirty-five, I think you'd see an absolute monster there, so hopefully we uh, you know, we see that. And now, I'm really happy for Brandon Moreno as well, because maybe not last night in Brazil and all, but now, you know, there was always like a question over his championship, I suppose, and especially when you're the interim champion as well, last time out. It's like, ah, oh, you know, the other guy is the real champion, whatever. and that, that was very unfair, and I think it's always unfair. And the fact now that he's kind of put a bow on this, he was the better fighter um, in... Most of this quadrology or tet- tetralogy, or whatever the fuck it's called, he was the better <laughs> fighter in most of it. What
1: is it called? I don't What's care.
0: Do I mean? don't. I, do you know what? I don't care. It's over now. We probably will never have to deal with one again. So who
1: gives a what, fuck? What about the quintology? Quintology? Yeah,
0: that, that seems better. That seems a more actual word. Like do you, do you so. think?
1: Do you think part of the reason why maybe people haven't been respecting Moreno as much is? maybe Demetrius Johnson kind of being lurking in the in the shadows still and mm. maybe the same with Figueiredo or do you think that's kind of gone from the, the consciousness
0: I I don't know I well my my talk last night when people were talking about this Demetrius Johnson did come into my head I'll be honest so maybe like who would you pick to win a fight that happened in six months time Brandon Moreno or Demetrius Johnson
1: Demetrius Johnson yeah
0: I think I probably still would as well even though he's maybe not the same as he once was and he's finally to remember as well now Demetrius is fighting a 135 even though it's 125 with one championship but their weight cutting thing is weird it's also a little bit a little bit I think for the hardcores or for the people like you know who actually know how good Demetrius Johnson was and weren't just listening to Dana White and his bullshit domestic abusing Dana White and his bullshit Um uh, yeah maybe a little bit but also like the fact Henry Cejudo as well is another one you know he he was a guy who was the champion and he left and yeah just that happens a little bit but it also happens like people probably you know people probably said the same about Daniel Cormier after John Jones left people probably said the same about Johnny Hendricks or Robbie Lawler or whoever after GSB left that's a thing that's going to happen when you have a great coming you know a good fighter like Moreno or, or DC or you know Hendricks or, or um Uh, Or Robbie Lawler, maybe not Robbie Lawler, not necessarily, but coming after a great fighter, they're obviously you know, not as good but they still deserve their credit you know, and and, um, all of those guys who I mentioned do and Brandon Moreno does as well and I think uh, the fact that he's become you know, a multiple time champion now is a testament to how good he is as well, so credit to him big Funko Pop fan as well like myself, so great Uh, Right, let's run through the rest of the car, Graham Gilbert Burns made really easy work of Neil Magny, um yeah.
1: yeah, I thought Neil Magley might put up a bit more Me of a, too. a scrappy kind of fight, but yeah, he just got completely dominated and Gilbert Burns just made it look simple and it just kind of showed that, you know, <laughs> he's kind of several levels above.
0: When I was doing the betting show during the week, I was like... I kind of avoided this one a little bit because I was like I don't really like any of the prices and you know Burns is a massive favourite and sometimes you don't know what Magny's going to show up as you said he put up a good fight sometimes but then I was in the middle of watching the card last night and I looked at the prices and Gilbert Burns was almost even money to get the finish either submission or, or knockout and I was like I have to bet on that. That <laughs> Price is just, just thinking about it. It's like, this is Gilbert Burns. Remember him against Shamayev. Remember how fucking unbelievable he was in, in that fight. Like, this guy is a monster. I remember talking to Ian Gary about him uh, a while back. And he was like saying, this guy is like, he's brilliant jitsu, He's brilliant cardio. He hits as hard as fuck. Very good wrestling. Like, what's... what's missing on Gilbert Burns like what's missing and I was thinking about that as I was like fuck it yeah I I threw threw a few quid in him so it was he's just so good Gilbert Burns is and there's a weird uh, thing now at Welterweight because you have obviously Usman and and, uh, Edwards are, are rematching coming up here and that was announced last week Looks like Colby is still out and will be out for another while. And then you've this, like, Shumayev monster just kind of hanging around waiting for a shot at two divisions. I don't know where that's going to go. And then you've guys like Gilbert Burns. Can can he
1: be trusted to be put in right now to a welterweight? I
0: I think they would if they could, to be honest, because he's such, like, a star and such a, a, you know, a, a guy people want to see in those big fights against the best in the world. So I think they would. But what's he walking
1: around on now? You know, he yeah, could be walking man. around at anything.
0: Uh, it's hard to know it's hard to know it's weird with Shamayev as well because remember like he got the real bad dose of the COVID that time and he was like it, it felt like he himself was talking about he didn't you know uh, get over it correctly and he's just I don't know it, it feels like he hasn't been the same guy still been a dominant fighter but it feels like he hasn't been the same guy wanting to fight every four weeks since then and the things and I'm not necessarily saying it's the you know the sickness or Probably anything the money. like that but <laughs> maybe it is the money yeah it's yeah that's a good point yeah may- maybe it is that we were ta- I was talking to actually a couple of my friends yesterday about like you know soccer players when they get to a certain age like, like say you know Man United are linked with Harry Kane now and he's 30 years of age and things and sometimes like you you know you, you've you seen it with Steven Gerrard or Fernando Torres or myself Wayne Rooney and so you know sometimes they just overnight go, gone from a great player to an, a bad player and like I wonder how much that has got to do with like I've reached a stage of my life where I'll never need money again and just this mental thing kind of turns, and for MMA fighters, it's a lot fucking less considering like these guys are on fucking fifty grand uh, a fight if you're doing very very well. But like, how much money did you have before that? Where did you come from? Like fifty grand to to me is very much different to fifty grand to Wayne Rooney, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Like, and how like how does that change you in the in the short term? It's I think that's a thing we you know. We, we, we talk about it with, say, someone like McGregor because he has so much money, but sometimes we don't talk about it. Like Amanda Nunes is one as well that we kind of mentioned it before and after, especially the, the last two fights. Uh, but before, it was never really a thing. And I think, you know... It could be. It could. It could be a thing, as well. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Shmaev is probably ha- probably has big sponsors and, and is getting a lot of money in, in the, the side of the world he's from as well. So, yeah, I, I think that could be. Could be. It. But like for Burns and for a guy like Bilal Mohammed, they're kind of stuck in this limbo now. Whereas maybe the two of them should just fucking fight, and uh, <laughs> and one will emerge and the winner that will probably fight for the title. In but you feel bad for the two of them because they probably, you know. They probably should be fighting to be next in line for the title in terms of, like, arguing, not an actual fight. But might they might actually have to fight because Shemayev's out there. Uh, but one of them should probably be, little, you know, uh, lined up. Like, if it is Edwards that wins the next fight, Burns could be it because, obviously, Burns has fought Usman before. But, like, Bilal is a guy who's, who's really done a lot and, and earned a lot uh, of his position. And you feel bad for them not getting title shots. But look... That's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. Um Jessica Andraj as well is doing her best to, to get back there in title shot. She absolutely decimated Lauren Murphy over three rounds.
1: You see, this bludging. is the one that, like, you know, I, I'd be I'd want stopped more than the Glover one because she 100%. just had no method to victory. She was just like, this is only going one way and there's no possible way it's going any other way.
0: This is the one like I don't think there was ever as clear a fight for a corner stoppage is this one like a lot of people were giving out about the referee and i I think it was osiris maya who was not the best referee in the world uh but sometimes a referee like you remember that it was and i think it was anthony smitten glover was it where um jason herzog was the referee and there there was never like a a a, a proper time where it made a 100 percent sense to stop it and he got awful fucking lambasted for that. And eventually he did kind of stop it. But at that, those are of fights, right? Where the fighter is always intelligently defending themselves, but still taking a fucking raucous beating. That's where the corner should step in. It's like, my fighter is getting changed here for the rest of their career. They have no meta as you said, Graham. No matter of victory here. They're not going to make a comeback. They don't have big power. They're not as good a strikerism. They're, it's clearly been shown. They're not a good a them. It's clearly been shown. They have no way to win. I am just letting my fighter take unnecessary abuse here, and like I really think sometimes it's easy to blame the referees. And you know, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I stick by the judges here, and I stick up for them. Not as much sticking up for the referees, but in this case. You know, I don't... Look, could the referee have stopped it? Maybe a couple of times, all right, but the corner should have been in here and the corner should have thrown in the towel. I don't care if it's against the rules or if it's not against the rules or they should have stopped it between rounds. It was This was a, a horrible beating. Absolutely just beat her from pillar to buzz. And like Lauren Murphy is as tough as hell and like Glover, she's probably too tough for her own good as well. Um, but like we didn't need to see... This score fifteen minutes. It was it was never ever ever going to change, and you know it's a tough one. But look, credit to look credit, to Murphy for being tough. But credit like to in, just in, in
1: boxing. I don't watch it's that right much now. boxing, but when you do, uh, something like this will just be immediately not immediately but will be stopped in pretty,
0: pretty will come in, yeah,
1: yeah, or the ref would just wave it off as standing stoppage, like. Yeah yeah I don't know like if it was a title fight or something and like you'd worked your way there for years and things like that maybe you give them a little bit more leeway even though that's not in the rules you can understand kind of human nature but it was just so unnecessary here
0: yeah it really was yeah uh, but look, credit to Jessica Andrade, she put on a, a wonderful performance, looked really good, looked powerful and looked, you know, it couldn't have been an easier matchup, if, if we're being honest. And I think a lot of people who probably had bet on the finish here were probably gone mad and like, what the fuck, how did this not get finished? Like uh, like the main event too, I was in a way, I was like, I, I had a double actually with the main event and it to be finished and I wanted uh, one of the other fights to finish as well, so I was like, ah, fuck it, never finished, Bastards. But anyway, that seems happen to happen in MMA sometimes. Anyway, one fight that did get finished.
1: Shawnee Walker.
0: Shawnee Walker, Shawnee Shuler. Uh, Ireland's own against Paul Craig, the Celtic clash, the clash of the Celts. And uh, do you see my do you see my prediction for this one, Graham? See what I tweeted?
1: Uh, I think so. I okay, can refresh my memory.
0: So I tweeted before the fight that my prediction is that Johnny Walker would KO Paul Craig with standing hammer fists from north-south position.
1: <laughs> so, from North South position, yeah. that was a pretty uh pretty, pretty specific. Uh, specific.
0: Wait, it wasn't. Yeah, not, it wasn't necessarily exactly what I was thinking, but it was a pretty good fucking prediction, I would say. Yeah,
1: Jesus, <laughs> it was like you know we generated a lot of power. You could yeah. see straight away that those those shots were were impactful, and uh Craig was reacting to them. And you know, something you really don't see, especially from that kind of strange angle with the backward motion. It, 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 I don't think I can't remember any fight where I've seen that before. Like, you know, we've seen some mad things from Johnny Walker in the past. with He's the elbows, getting... isn't it?
0: Like, you know, we, we, we see guys knocking people out in that position with the elbows. We've seen Kiefer Crosby getting a few and McGregor got one back in the day. But even the position
1: really of his body was just kind of a little different where he, you would think he shouldn't be able to generate that much, as much uh, impact and damage as he was. But you could you could see that the strikes were crisp and that they were hurting him. And, you know, was, I think there's a very good stoppage Um I didn't see Paul Craig complaining, and you know it's a it's a big win for Johnny Walker. You know he looks to kind of settle back down after after a bit of a turbulent couple of, or f- couple of years, and he, he, you know he looks to to, to be more well rounded, more comfortable in, uh, in in positions than he did before. And he definitely you know always has that kind of crazy striking, and has has obviously has shown again that he has a lot of power. So yeah, uh, he's, in my opinion, he's still a very good prospect, and he you know he's he's learning on the job, but he's he's shown new wrinkles to his game.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, I think John Kavanagh must give credit, and a lot of people give out about John Kavanagh an awful lot, but I think the job he's done with Johnny Walker to kind of adjust his game to become a more, I suppose, um, what's the word you'd give it? a uh, Tactical fighter, maybe even? Like, he needed a little bit of that with the mad athleticism and the ability to finish people like this. If you can put those two things together, you're going to be a dangerous fighter. And okay, there was a couple of fights maybe where he didn't put them together and where it was all kind of tactics and we're like, oh, we've lost, you know, we've lost the, the beautiful Johnny Walker that we once had. But like, it takes time and I think... You know, Johnny's a dangerous guy. He's a, I was talking to Will Flory about him the other day. I interviewed him, and I think it was off camera, but he was saying, "Jesus, Johnny, he, the athletic gifts that that man has, and there's no harder worker in the gym than him as well." That's a good sign. Like, so I'd be very, very, uh, I'm very, very interested to see what Johnny Walker does over the next while. It's uh, it seems like he's loving life in Ireland as well. He got married there recently, and as well, if you think about it, right. Johnny Walker, he has Carl Moore and Will Flory, two guys who are in different promotions to him, similar size and weight class. You know, who, you know, Carl Moore just beat the number, what was it, number five, number six guy in the world in Bellator. Will Flory, you know, was a champion over New UAE Warriors and was doing well in Bellator and now is in, in PFL as well. Some pretty good training for all three of those guys, you know, to be fair. We're in a, an area, I suppose, and well most areas, like where it's hard to get big guys and hard to get training so those three guys have all shown massive improvements training with each other and that's fun to see that you know we're used to seeing maybe the, the smaller guys coming through whether it's you know Connor or Artem or Franz or uh, Brian Moore and all but to see the, the big boys coming through uh, it's, it's great to see and obviously ha- we've had a few big boys too like Chris Fields and others down through the years but uh, yeah it's great to see and congratulations to uh to the SPG team and Johnny Walker and uh, fair play Fair play. Um, Shogun, Graham. Shogun. What about this Ehor or e Potteria? What a
1: bollocks. Like, what, what why, a did they, why did they make this matchup even? Like, I don't know. <sighs> to be fair, one.
0: this lad was 0-1-1 in the UFC coming off the Contender Series. Were they trying to get Shogun to win like here with this? I don't know.
1: But Maybe that was it, but, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just a kind of sad, hopeful, hopefully at the end of, <laughs> probably not the end of Shogun's career. Uh, combat sports career probably see him back at some stage in, in something um, I, yeah. I wouldn't be as quickly to, as quick to buy the no. retirement talk as with Clover but yeah I think maybe they should have given him another kind of legend that's kind of on the way out and then one of them can kind of ride off with, with a win and hopefully but I don't know this Pretoria fight was just a a really odd one I don't know Um, maybe, maybe you're right they were trying to give him a win but that didn't out of plan at all no
0: I think Nolan King put out a good tweet about it it's like um we can never have a like a, a nice ending to someone's career when they get knocked out by an 0-1 Dana White Contender Series guy who then goes and like basically dances over their fallen body afterwards uh it's just it was just all bad to be honest. But forget, forget that's, it. That's, that's MMA. It is That's exactly what MMA is. That is exactly... like you were saying earlier on, Glover the Sherry got the shit beat out of him for five rounds. Like, oh, that's a good way to go out. <laughs> and in MMA it probably fucking is. Yeah, for, for
1: MMA, that's pretty that's pretty fairy tale stuff.
0: It is fairy tale stuff. But um like Shogun has been a legend and we look we don't really do these call whole like Oh, MMA fucking recounted stuff with guys who just retired because like I'd be surprised if Sean Gunn didn't fight again if I'm being honest like he gave a good speech and all that but he's been a legend of a fighter you know we talked about in the previous show a little bit but he's had the the amount of guys he's fought the stuff he's done um, you know absolute legend of the game and if you haven't watched Shogun fights go back and watch a lot of them because they're very 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 entertaining
1: go back and watch him uh, fight in a gaff in a, in a house full of people watching and getting knocked out when he was like what 16 or something this guy yeah. you know this guy's been around a long time and maybe maybe his uh, his age isn't as old as his uh, as his the damage to his body and the, the wear and tear on his body but uh, he, ha- he had a great career he's another one of these guys who you know uh was kind of like a mythical creature from pride and people were talking about their fantasy matchups in the ufc and he kind of came in and had a shock loss to to forrest griffin who was kind of an ultimate fighter guy and they weren't respected at the time they were kind of like the reality tv guys they were kind of like oh they they're on a a a tier below and uh, obviously forrest had a huge win there and maybe you know a bit of the kind of the mythology behind Shogun was, was in jeopardy, but he came back and, you know, captured the title and, you know, when, 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 he fought, when he fought John Jones on short notice and John Jones just absolutely destroyed him, it seemed like, you know, maybe the, the game had kind of passed him by, but he, he, you know, kept in there and maybe, you know, never took the game as seriously as, as, you know, others around him at, at the same kind of level as him. And maybe that kind of held him back a little bit from fully, fully, uh, realizing his potential you know he didn't have exactly the the best phys- physique fight to fight compared to other guys and maybe didn't put in the the, the same the same hard work and hard hours but he for a natural talent and for some of the the finishes and some of the fights and even you know the way he knocked out um machida after that really controversial first fight and there was loads of great moments even in the ufc uh before his pride uh, ignoring his pride stuff and in pride, as a soccer kick stuff, like fights, he was, he yeah, he, he's a really exciting fighter for years, and in some great moments, and to see him just fucking get destroyed by some nobody is is in his in his hometown or in his home his home country is you know, it's just fucking typical MMA.
0: It is typical MMA, and I think your point you made as well about him maybe not being in you know pristine shape all the time and all. I think that drew people to him as well. He he was an everyman kind of I I suppose even though he was a a massive outlier in terms of his ability and that's kind of sometimes a key as well to uh, a great nickname as
1: well that always helps yeah it was brilliant brilliant nickname brilliant
0: nickname um so congratulations Shogun on a great career and um Looking forward to our next one. Uh, Bruno Ferreira then got an absolute massive uh, left. I don't know, was this a jab or a left hook or what it was, but it doesn't matter. It landed anywhere. Uh, It it wasn't a hook anyway. It was either a jab or a straight, but he was kind of switching stances, and he just came straight down the middle, hit Gregory Rodriguez, Robocop, and he put his absolute lights out. So good stuff there by him. Uh, Chego Moises got the rear naked choke against um, Costa. That was nice as well. He kind of dominated that fight. Cost uh, li- a few levels below, I think. Uh, great to see Munir Lezzez getting mounted and choked out in 49 seconds. The absolute prick. Jaltan Almeida then got... What, what uh, did
1: he do again? I can't even remember. Was the,
0: he was the guy that shouted out Daniel Kinahan in the cage after the, his last fight. So, fuck him.
1: Basically. Asher, these things happen sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they do, in fairness. They do. Uh, Jolton Almeida. God almighty, this guy... Who, hoo, hoo he destroyed Shammy. Like I was thinking in this one, I was like, look, you know what? Shammy's big and strong. Maybe he's gonna fucking struggle to take him down. About ten seconds in, he picks him up, lifts him over the fucking cage nearly, and slams him down on the ground. I thought Shammy did actually a great job of defending for as long as he did, but he just the fight was beat out of him by a gelton on me That Absolutely devastated him and this guy is a problem. He's a problem, not only at heavyweight. He's a problem at light heavyweight as well. And God Almighty, oh, this guy! If this guy's not a champion, I'd be surprised. He's an absolute beast. So looking yeah, forward. He hasn't to lost Picos. in five
1: years. You know, his two yeah. losses were early in his career. He's been putting people away like ever since. He hasn't even been to a decision. Uh, you know, he he means business when he was in there. You, as you said, from from the first exchange, you could see that you know this this was going to be an uphill uphill struggle for Shami and. And, and, you know, as you said, he kind of put up as much uh, resilient effort as he could, but he was just completely outclassed.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, Cody Stamen then got the unanimous decision over Luan Lissard. That was the point of the card where I stopped paying attention because it was so boring. Uh, Israel Bonfim then, you know, after he or before his brother Gabriel got the finish, he also got the flying knee. Lovely flying knee against Terrence McKinney. You know, with Jose Aldo Cade's side, he did the like double the, name, yeah, yeah. the double, the one fake and one right up the middle. Beautiful, beautiful flying knee. Terrence yeah. McKinney, I don't know, all the, the hopes we had for him uh it's easy to say it after a loss but he just seems like a guy who do you know what he seems like a guy who could do a, like a lot of sparring or something like that he every time he gets hit it feels like he's kind of falling away from it and he's a bit tentative and when he does get hit it kind of changes him and it changes the fight i don't think you'll get to a top level being like that to be honest now he has a lot of plus points um, but Charles
1: Oliveira
0: <laughs> yeah exactly he could you know and what happened to Charles Oliveira he became a fucking champion so could could happen uh, Nicholas Dalby what a performance of Nicholas Dalby god almighty I thought this was absolute, I thought this was a performance of his career I thought he was brilliant against Marley Alves and the fact he came after Josiana Nunes and Zara Fern which is absolutely shit uh, it looked like prime Demetrius Johnson fighting fucking prime John Jones in a, in a <laughs> 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 it looked like the best fight I've ever seen and uh, but God, I, I was so good Nicholas Dalby he's kicking to the body and his shot selection and everything from Dalby was way better than I've ever seen it before against like, a very good fighter and Marley Alves in Brazil as well so great uh, Uh, congrats to him Uh, yeah as I said that women's featherweight fight was surely a women's featherweight fight not great um Zara Fernandau came out and she shocked a lot of people by uh, doing well in the first couple of rounds but uh, then ended up losing to Josiana Nunez and then the first fight of the night was uh, an knee-to-the-body finish for Daniel Marcos against uh, Simon uh, Oliveira. There was a big clinch from Simon. Marcos was landing uh, the better shots. His uh, body shots were very good and he kind of beat the fight out of him then uh, towards the end of the, the second round. So good stuff there. Right, Graham. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it mostly at that, but I have to touch on what a week it's been for, for Irish MMA in terms of announcements. Um, first of all, Danny McCormack... She's fighting uh, Valeska Machado for the uh, the championship over in uh, Invicta, the first Irish woman to fight there. Obviously, you know, Catherine Costigan was there before and uh, we see um, uh, Katie Saul there at the moment and Sean Bannon there at the moment as well. And maybe there's probably a couple I'm, I'm missing out on. I think, did Sinead have one fight there? I'm not sure. But it's, you know, Invicta is a great place to be and a great organization to fight in. And it's, you know, if you're one of the best, um, female fighters in the world up and coming Invicta is the place to be and if Danny could pick up that title it'd be absolutely massive for her and you know uh, she's an interview coming up with Ian this week as well so check that out over in Severe I got a sneak peek and it. it's a very very good interview she's great I want to speak Danny? and I'm delighted for her you know she went on a great run in Bellator to start off her career what was it five, five wins in a row she got uh, She, you know and I was talking about her signing for the UFC and all of that but you know Bellator gave her a couple of tough matchups You know, she was fighting, trying to find fights during the pandemic, getting that experience. You know, it didn't go great, and then she bounced back, got a win again over an Invicta, did a great job there, and now she's earned herself a title shot. So Danny is, you know, she's a very, very, very good fighter. Probably doesn't get the credit she deserves for... um, you know, what she's but, you know, it's always the years. same. When
1: you're five and now, everybody's saying you're going to be the best. And when you you lose one or two, yeah. then people are saying you're the worst. But you know, they're learning experiences. And she's earlier in her career. Uh, you know, she obviously is. Uh, she said, I think she said before in an interview that she's uh, kind of in a little bit of a rush due to kind of starting the sport late. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got to you got to take a few chances. But uh, I'm sure she's. You know, we we we've heard heard her sp- uh, speaking about how she's kind of. Change some things and learn from mistakes she's made in those fights. And now this is a big opportunity. You know, if she goes in there and wins, she's she's the invicta champion. That's that, that's huge. And you know, I'm not one for for usually trying to match Irish uh, fighters versus Irish fighters, but it seems like from from everything I've heard that maybe there's a bit of beef there and there's a bit of a huge rivalry there. And if Danny McCormick was to win the title and you know Shauna was to to, to win her next fight or her next couple of fights. Or not Bellator Invicta would be stupid to not put on that fight. That'd be a huge fight for them and one that could kind of, you know, uh, get them some get them some headlines probably. in uh, The lead up to the fight, which they probably are finding increasingly hard to get. Uh,
0: look, I think that's the best case scenario for everyone. If everyone keeps winning and everyone gets there, absolutely. And you know, I think Danny, you know, she didn't reply to any of that, and she, you know. After her last fight uh, You know And you'll hear In the the interview Yeah we we, know Fighters
1: though Fighters No but like In
0: fairness Like she was Saying like I have a title shot Here coming up Why the fuck Would I be talking You know And listening to Someone else Calling me out When I'm getting A title shot here Which makes great sense And I I think You know It'd be the same It's easy to say
1: that though You know We know fighters And how sensitive sensitive They are No but in
0: terms of Like who you're Going to fight next And in terms of What is the Ah, biggest Fight for you Like I don't know I, I think that, that's a fight for down the line, maybe it would be a great fight if it could happen. And you know, if Shauna keeps winning, if Danny wins the title, then absolutely, I think everyone would love that to happen. But like, you're not gonna take that fight in front of a, a title shot and uh, a possibility of winning the title, and maybe defending. Oh, no, it no, no. I meant whatever.
1: I, I was talking about if Danny wins the title, getting Shauna in there against her. Yeah,
0: yeah, it could happen. It could happen. I think it'd be absolutely, it'd be absolutely massive. But um, uh, yeah, at the moment congr- uh, she'll be concentrating on the title shot and uh, fair play to her on that one. Oris McKeen in. He got uh, the the main event spot in um uh, in Cage Warriors Dublin. He's going to be fighting Jimmy Walhead for the unification bout um for the welterweight title. A massive fight. Look, we're going to have Obviously, a lot more talk about this Gage warriors card over the next while. But I'm delighted for Reese because Reese is a guy. Sometimes you'd because Reese is a bit unassuming and he he didn't an interview Andy this week as well. And you know he just goes out there. He improves. He fucking fights really well. He probably doesn't get the credit he deserves as well. He's another one, and I'm delighted to see he's getting the main event spot here. And you know his fight against Justin Burninson last year was one of the best fights. Worldwide, I don't give a shit what anyone says. And uh, Reese, you know, I know you've known Reese for a long time, and every time I've spoken to Reese, he's been uh, he's been very nice and everything like that. And he's just a good fighter, he just really is. And uh, I was sick for him the way it happened in, in the UFC, and to get this massive opportunity again to headline uh, in your you know, in, in your home country is absolutely huge. So, I'm really looking forward to that. The other fights announced for um, for that was oh lord. Oh, Lord, James Sheehan against Oban Elliott. This is a fight. Oh, my God. I, I, like, I have a great relationship with Oban. I've interviewed him a few times. Obviously, we've sponsored James Sheehan a couple of times as well.
1: Yeah, ah, this is brilliant. Jeez, Jesus, Sean, put your pants back on, folks. I love this fight.
0: I love this fight. I couldn't love it anymore. It, to me, like... I, this is going to be a bit of a, a Leah and uh, and Sinead fight to me because I like the two of these lads so much. I mean, like, oh, Jesus, don't be hurting each other, lads. You know? <laughs> don't, don't be that, but what a great fight. It's going
1: to be in the back and not, not being able to watch. Not being able to watch, yeah. it's <laughs> <His> two boys. <laughs> it's, my, my,
0: uh, you're my boy! Uh, you're fight, my fighting boy. for the Sheehan <laughs> family name <laughs> isn't man.
1: enough to, to trumpet for James, uh, no, no?
0: It's not, indeed, no, it's not. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, I'd have to do Oh, ban, you'd never know. You he might, might turn heel on me now or something, but you never know. But... Other fights announced as well. uh, Kiefer Crosby is fighting Alex Oliveira. What the fuck is that about? (laughs) Over in Portugal or somewhere? What an opportunity for Kiefer. If he beats Alex Oliveira, he could very well be in the UFC. He just fell out of the UFC. I think that's for a title as well over in that promotion. So massive fight for Kiefer, who's been injured for the last while. So delight for him as well to be getting that opportunity. Um, Nathan Kelly is fighting Zachary Hicks. Um he's in the Challenger Series in PFL now, he's not in the European Series, so that's interesting, he won't be on the the December eight card if all goes well, and if he gets into this Challenger Series finale, so that's a bit of an odd one, but still, delighted to see him getting that opportunity, Auburn Shaban, uh, Shaban is fighting Mush Al Sani, that's on, I think, uh, a London card maybe, so it looks like he's not going to be on the Dublin card, unless maybe he gets a win in a quick turnaround, but um, Caelan uh, it looks like his fight's not going to be on the Dublin card as well so that, those are a couple of disappointments another big fight though as well James Gallagher against Leandro Higo also not going to be on the Bellator Dublin card that's going to be on in the San Jose or somewhere.
1: the prelims in pre-lims. San Jose yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense <laughs> I uh, this is why, why, why are you laughing, laughing?
0: <laughs> I don't know I want <laughs> to be I, I want to be nice on. to Bellator but this is one of the most stupid idiotic things I've ever seen in my life
1: Maybe they'll change the card like real last minute and stick him on the main card. I don't know. But like stick him on the Dublin <laughs> main, <laughs> main <laughs> card. <laughs> they are known to do that, but, uh, at least that'll be something. But yeah, why not have him on the Dublin card? Uh, uh, I have no idea. Maybe James didn't want to fight in the Dublin card. I don't see that being the reason realistically. James has
0: constantly uh, said like he wanted yeah. on that card. I don't know.
1: Why do Bellator not want to put him on that card? I have no idea. Uh, literally, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, but Bellator we're going to Bellator? As someone replied in the comments to, to this announcement, they absolutely are. So, yeah, like,
1: I, I, I a, a, a timing thing. I don't, I don't know. It's, don't it's, know yeah. It's but it's the matchup is, is like you know it's an interesting matchup. Uh, just oh, baffling, great fight! Yeah, Really, baffling, really fight. Um, <laughs> positioning on the card and positioning in, uh, of the event or on the event. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But don't yeah, either. it's great. It'd be great to see James back, and it's a tough test coming back. You know, uh, you know, we, we, we've known about Ligo for a while. Uh, Brian Moore, his teammates, been calling calling for the fight, and yeah, you know, that makes it even of,
0: more bizarre. Like the fact that yeah. Moore wanted to fight, he he uh, called him out. Higo accepted. Said he'd fight him in Ireland, and then that didn't happen either. Uh, it's Just, I actually, yeah. do you know what? I like love. We expected fight,
1: that they put Brian on a random card at the prelims against yeah. somebody, uh, but like for James, it's uh, it's out of the ordinary. They've kind of, you know, had him in main events and kind of built events around him in the past. I don't know why the the change in direction here, and just just I, I have no idea.
0: I think what Cage have done really well here, right, is announced fights that people got really excited for. And now, like, when people were, like, myself and Ian did a show where we were, like, made our, uh, our Dream Card, and I saw someone else putting up a thing as well. Like, two of the fights that were on the Dream Card have already been announced, and there's only been, like, three or four fights announced. And, oh, yeah, fucking uh, Ryan Shelley against Tobias Harilla has been announced as well. What a fucking fight that is. Like, like it feels like Cage wars are doing everything they can to make the Irish fans happy, and it feels like Bellator are doing everything they can. To do you think it's a thing that not-
1: Kate wires understand the scene better, yeah. uh, or do you think it's just Bellator just don't give a fuck? I don't know. Uh,
0: it, Bellator, it's like this Bellator card is so bad. It's like it's purposely bad. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not purposely bad, but it's God Almighty. It's senseless. Like it really is. Like I understand giving us that main event. It's a great main event and all, and you know, top level fight perfect but like give us a massive Queeley fight that we care about underneath like Queely's fighting some lad even from just, America. if you just
1: put the James fight on the guard he would <laughs> be happy
0: if you put the James fight in this card it would change the whole thing around put that in call main event and it changes the whole thing around then you have this massive James fight you have a queely fight to look forward to even though it's not a massive fight the Sinead fight's a very good fight the Pedro fight's a very good fight as well you know Charlie Ward is fighting Shipman on the miles on the undercard is, is not a bad fight either the Brian Moore look everyone loves to see Brian Moore and I'm like on the night it'll be good that fans will be there they'll be roaring and shouting and everything but like it just feels you your word jeopardy just feels like there's way less jeopardy and well, with one, the resources been,
1: they have there at their fingertips it just seems like they could have you know done more easily
0: 100% 100% like even if you make Queenie against Kane Musa, that was supposed to happen a while back They've been calling each other out. It'd be a great fight. Do that. Put, the, as I said, the James versus Higo fight. Or put put James versus someone else. James versus anyone. It doesn't matter. Make Moore versus Higo. Those two, three small changes make this card a brilliant card that the Irish fans will absolutely love. Three small changes. like And not things that are wild. Like Higo and Gallagher are fighting a couple of weeks later. Moore's already on the card. Kane Musa was calling to fight Peter Cooley. Peter Queeley would have no problem taking that fight, I'm sure. Just, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's just, I don't know what has happened here. But anyway, and it's an interesting time as well because tickets are on sale now for all of these things. Like, if I was a fan, I know which I'd be buying tickets to, and it'd 100% be cage wearers over Bellator if there was only one chance, only one decision. 100%. I, I think if Bellator denied that, they're fooling themselves.
1: But if they're, Bellator put the James fight on that card, would that, would that change it? In your opinion,
0: it'll make it closer. Make, it, it it might because like James Gallagher is like a big star. It would make both you know?
1: both unmissable.
0: It would make both unmissable. Yeah, I'd buy. I'd probably buy tickets to both. In that case, yeah. And now, now like Billator. There's never been a more missable Bellator card recently, anyway. Even though there's some good fights on it, no disrespect to anyone on the card, but you have to make these things unmissable because there's going to be so much.
1: You know, surely there must be some reason why this makes sense that we're just missing because otherwise it's just fucking.
0: I can I can tell you, Graham, there isn't. There isn't. The Bellator. Danny,
1: if if you're listening, you're probably listening. (laughs) Send Sean a message and uh, abuse him a bit, and then tell us why uh, this makes sense. Yeah,
0: I, 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 I was already told. They think this is a great card. I,
1: I, I know. I, you know. But why not make it a better card with James? Uh, I have no yeah, idea. Right, you, yeah, I don't know. I have no you can make idea. it better easily, and it doesn't really affect any other card. It, it what it affects the prelims of a San Jose card i don't know yeah. M-
0: maybe james Whatever. maybe james has in his contract that he gets first class tickets and they don't want to pay 10 grand to send him to uh to ireland or something maybe that, maybe that's it you know the cost cutting that's got on there maybe that's part of it is it i don't know uh, i don't
1: know yeah, I yeah. <laughs> that's maybe. the only thing i, I can don't sense. i don't know sense. maybe yeah something's going on i don't know what's going on
0: yeah anyway shall we leave it there uh very positive week for Irishman. May we may have ended in a bit of a negative there, but look that card when you're there and you're sitting there and watching it. And I will be. Oh, there it's hopefully. definitely gonna be great, great crack. Like, great. It's just when they when they
1: can so easily use the resources they have under contract to you know make a, a card better and not take away from another card too much. Um, it just it just makes too much sense not to do in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Why is MVP not on the card? Give us MVP. Give us an MVP voice. Come on, let's make that happen.
1: Um, that, that's getting maybe a little bit greedy, you know. But it, the James fight is just a no brainer,
0: yeah. It is. Uh, all right, we will uh, we will leave it there. If we missed out on anything, if you have any questions to ask us, uh, the QA will be out on uh, Wednesday as it always is. Now, moved uh, there a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'll probably be recording it on Tuesday. So, if you have any questions, at Chan and B.A. at Severe Med Pod, um patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast that's where you will get that and there's a post up on Patreon at the moment as well where you can send in your questions uh, if you are there last week we got a $20 question and it was on Man United and Liverpool which myself and Graham did a fifty minute podcast on so I know some people love that when we talk about it on the podcast some people hate it so it's up there on Patreon if you want to, uh, if you want to listen to it and uh, you maybe love it if you're a Man United fan hate it if you're a Liverpool fan but and maybe a little bit in between if you're if you're something else. So we will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for listening. Hit the subscribe button. We've only I I, I think only like what did I say last week? Forty percent or something of the people who listen less. Even I think subscribe. So if you're listening to this, and you're not subscribed. Please do. If it's on SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is, click subscribe. It'll make a big difference to us and our numbers uh, throughout the year. Spread it around. Click the, the, the spread the link. Tell him where you're listening to. Tell him this is a great podcast, that Graham is fucking good, but Sean's great. Let, let him know. Let him know. All right, we leave it there. Graham, give us your quote for the week.
1: Bridges are meant for burning when the people and memories, they join aren't the same.
0: See you next Tuesday. Or probably Sunday.